It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Welcome to Quantum number 233, a quantum podcast that looks at news and views from a Christian perspective, but open to all. Uh, Let's begin with this piece of music. That's Jeff Beck, who sadly died this week. Hi-ho, silver lining. Um, A lot of the stuff we look at may seem a little bit depressing, as though the world has gone mad, which it does often feel like that. But I guess people say often look for the silver lining. Well, for us, it's not so much looking at the silver lining in the cloud, it's looking beyond the cloud. It's seeing that there is someone, something more. And nonetheless, we still have to be realistic about where we're at. And this week, uh, there was some information that came out from the UK census, which is really quite astonishing and wasn't strongly reported. You know, this week, even this week, somebody tweeted to me that 10% of the population were, were gay. Now, this is an old myth that comes from the now completely discredited Kinsey Report. But the Kinsey Report is what much of our government policy and media policy is based on. The figures actually came out in the UK and they make for fascinating reading. So around 1.5% of the population, not 10%, 748,000 people identify as gay or lesbian. And another... 1.3% as bisexual and another 165,000 as other sexual orientations. Now, what was fascinating for me was only 262,000, that's 0.5%, said that they now identified as another gender than the one they were born in. Um, Those are astonishing figures. And I'll tell you why they're astonishing figures. Given all the propaganda, given the amount of emphasis that is placed on... So, for example, the BBC have their own LGBT correspondent. Trans items are mentioned all the time. Let me put it into another perspective. That same census, the figure came out that 46.2% of people identified as Christians. 0.2%. 2%, or it's actually, sorry, 0.5% identified as another gender. I think transgender was actually 0.1 or 0.2% transgender. It was 48,000 men, 48,000 women. And the whole of our society is being turned upside down. As someone has noted, 50% of the population are women, but women are being asked to change everything for the sake of this 0.1, 0.2%. And we see that in different ways. So uh, 
we find that prisons, for example, there, here's here's a, a news item that came out, has spent more than five mil, uh, sorry, more than eleven million pounds on staff whose roles involve promoting equality, diversity, and inclusion. Um, there are now 145 diversity staff employed in the 103 public sector prisoners. In the NHS, there are numerous well-paid jobs for diversity officers, despite the shortage of nurses and the poor pay of many nurses. And this, this takeover of our institutions, which is, is no more so than in the police, particularly the Metropolitan Police in London. You, you would hardly believe this, but here is a report from the Metropolitan Police to a Mr. Goddard. Re-crime report reference. Just listen to this. This is, this is spectacular. On the 4th of August, 2022, you posted a tweet on your, on your Twitter account. This tweet contains a video of Wembley Way and commentary from you regarding the rainbow pride flags which represent the LGBT community. These comments are targeting specifically the LGBT community and would be considered grossly offensive, thus being in contravention in contravention to Section 127 of the Malicious Communication Act 2003. I therefore require you to contact me to arrange a voluntary interview so this matter can be further investigated. This interview can be conducted near to your home address and I would suggest a mutually convenient date in early January 2023. If I do not hear from you within 10 days from the date of this letter, an evidential case file may be submitted for consideration of prosecution. What did he do? What did he do? I'll tell you what he did. He posted the flags and then he put the he put the emoji sick, you know, the green face. And that was it. Now, the Metropolitan Police, if somebody attacked my Christianity, if somebody said, if they said, oh, you're a, a clergyman and clergymen are responsible for child sex abuse or something, the Metropolitan Police wouldn't do a thing. This is not about policing crime. This is about promoting an ideology and silencing all critiques of that ideology. Well, it's, I knew this one was coming. I mean, I did know it was coming, but even so, I'm still surprised to this. Uh, what, what, what am I talking about? What I'm talking about is trans age. Do you know what the trans age? Uh, here's a, a tweet. I'll put this up for you. Uh, it, it's just spectacular. Trans age, age people exist and we are valid. We are not trivializing or invalidating anyone simply by being ourselves. We are not trolls. We are not predators. We simply want to live lives as our authentic selves, be accepted and be free from harassment over who we are as people. Trans age. It means you can identify as whatever age you want. I, I'm, I'm quite fancy this one, actually. I think I'm going to identify uh, as a 16-year-old. There, there, there would be many advantages, I suppose, to that. And then I can change my identity whenever I want. But if your identity has nothing to do with biology, if your identity has to do with who you feel you are or who you say you feel you are, what's the argument against it? Uh, we did mention last week the Terry Hall of the specials dying. Uh, he was also in a band called Fun Boy 3 and they had this great song which kind of sums things up.
something else going on in the UK and in uh, other Western countries. Um, have a listen to this. Good job! That's the sound of children marching through a street in England chanting Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. It came out this week that the most popular name among those born in England in 2022 is Mohammed. Britain has the third largest Muslim population in the EU after France and Germany. I don't think that people realise just what that means. Now, again, we have to be careful here, don't we? Because we're not saying that all Muslims are terrorists. But what I'm saying is people don't understand what Islam is. Islam is not just a religion. It's also a political system. There isn't that divorce between church and state or mosque and state that we see in uh, Western Christian countries. And if a significant minority, and I'm talking about 10%, I reckon any community which becomes 10% Muslim is going to see fundamental change. And in the competing battle of rights, the coherence of the Islamic community, I think, is one that will win. Mohammed is the most popular name amongst those born in England in 2022. Okay, let's return to Jeff Beck. Here's a little bit more music from him. Beck is really important. Uh, that's Beck's Bolero, by the way. Um, it, it features Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, Keith Moon, Nicky Hopkins from, I think it was 1966. Beck was with the Yardbirds. He had a great solo career. He died on Wednesday, aged 78. Uh, Beck was English, just an absolutely fabulous English guitar pro- guitarist, probably not that great uh, a singer. But it's, you know, we, we come towards the end of the year and we know it's all these people dying, going into, going into a new year as well. And it's just a reminder to us of our mortality. And for some of us, the soundtrack of our youth is gradually being taken away.
All right, we're going to look at an issue now from Australia, which it may not seem that big a deal. It's been mentioned in the UK. I did hear it on the BBC. I wonder if it got mentioned in the in the US much. It's certainly been uh, big news here in Australia. And that is the death of Cardinal George Pell. Tributes are pouring in from across the country for Cardinal George Pell. He died in Rome last night after hip surgery complications, aged 81. Joining me live is columnist for The Weekend Australian and author Jared Henderson. He also wrote the book, Cardinal Pell, The Media Pylon and Collective Guilt. Jared, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. In 2017, George Pell became the highest ranking Vatican official to be charged with child abuse offences. He was 76 at the time and at the time of his arrest he said, I'm looking forward to finally having my day in court. I repeat that I am innocent of these charges. They are false. The whole idea of sexual abuse is abhorrent to me. Can you describe to us what the media reporting was like leading up to those charges being laid? Well it was incredibly hostile. Not not every part of the media, but certainly the ABC, The Guardian, Australia and other places. It was incredible, and most of the nine newspapers like The Age and The City Morning Herald, was incredibly hostile and in that s such a circumstance it would be very difficult for anyone to receive a fair trial. Now as you know, George Pell was convicted on five charges on the second trial. The jury at the first trial couldn't reach a decision. The jury at the second trial reached the decision after over four days out. And of course that was appealed. But the, the hostility to George Pell, which now, came partly in the media... this has been just an extraordinary experience watching how this death has been reported and the level of hatred. So, for example, the ABC star reporter Louise Milligan tweeted immediately, George Pell is dead. This will be a very triggering day for a lot of people thinking of them. The implication was clear. Now, I think that... Uh, well, let me explain what the story was in a minute. But before we do that, here's an example of it. So many people posted this as well. This is uh, Tim Minchin's song about Cardinal Pell. Couldn't you see what was under your nose, Georgie? Back in 73 when you were living with Jerry. Is it true that you knew but you chose to ignore? Or did you actively try to keep it buried? And years later, when survivors, despite the shame and their fear, stood up to tell their stories, Spent year after year working hard to protect the church's assets. I mean, with all due respect, dude, I think you're scum, and I reckon you should come home, Cardinal Pell. We know you're not feeling well. Perhaps you just need some sun. It's lovely here. You should come home, you pompous buffoon. And I suggest you. So why the hatred? Well, he was born in 1941, died January 11th. He was the Archbishop of Melbourne, Roman Catholic Archbishop till 2001, 1996 to 2001, Archbishop of Sydney, 2001 to 2014, Vatican Prefect for the Secretariat. Um, he spent three years working in Cambodia. Uh, he took active roles in Zambia, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia and the Philippines. He uh, travelled to China and helped to deal with the large Catholic Church there. Uh, he became a member of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, uh, led by Joseph Ratzinger. He was the first Australian to join it. Um, there were sexual abuse 
allegations made against him in, when he was in his mid-1970s. Um, now, the, the story is a little bit complicated. People immediately go, oh yeah, he must have been guilty, or oh no, he must have been innocent. But he was declared innocent. He, first of all, was found guilty, and then on appeal to the Supreme Court, it was found that there was just no evidence against him other than one one complainant. Now, it, it's... There are many other things that you could say about about Pell. Um, for example, when he became Archbishop in the 1970s, he established one of the first formal processes in the church for dealing with child sexual abuse. Now, the victim support group Broken Rights described it as the best of a bad lot. Uh, he had other controversial opinions. He was opposed to Pauline Hansen of One Nation, strongly against gambling. He was for a republic. He refused to give communion to homosexual activists. Um, he said on that occasion, you have to be the salt of the earth, not the sugar or the artificial sweetener. Um, he, he told the Australian once, in praying to the omnipotent God at mass, it is not appropriate to talk in the same way as we do at a barbecue. Now, all of that, I think he was loathed and hated because of his views. He was found to be innocent. That is a really, really important thing. The other thing that he did, which was, I, I think, was partly behind this, that he went to clean up the Vatican's arcane and corrupt financial affairs when he was prefect for the economy in Rome. On his watch, 4,000 Vatican bank accounts of individuals and organisations were closed. 200 were referred to authorities on suspicion of money laundering. Prosecutions were launched, scandals uncovered, including that of the former Vatican Secretary of State, Cardinal Tassio Bertoni who transferred 15 million euros from the Vatican Bank to a private film company and used 300,000 US dollars from a fund for sick children to rebuild his lavish apartment. Is it possible that Cardinal Pell was guilty of child's... Of course it is, as it's possible for anyone. But he was found innocent. And for people to pile on in this way, I find it, it is utterly ugly and utterly nauseating. I need to read some, some more things from him, but just watching this reaction, I think it's hellish. I really do. Anyway, speaking of child abuse, listen to this from the US. So I think, again... Those of us who are protecting and supporting young people are there and trusted with the information of the things that they are dealing with. In terms of parents' rights to know at schools, I mean, here in Colorado, parents don't have the right. If a young person is questioning their gender or their sexuality, there okay. are laws in place that say that they have the right to process that with their trusted counselor so, so you do, and so forth. Uh, you do a significant amount of your work with kids even starting at age 13. Yeah. Uh, what what would be the age of consent then in your in your mind? Uh, in our community, the age of consent to mental health therapy is twelve years old. That was the Republican senator Michael Cloud asking Jesse Pocock of the Inside Out Youth Services Advocacy Organization if parents have a right to know what their children are doing on the transgender issue. And you heard our answer: No, no, they don't. But isn't it astonishing? Those of us who are trusted, parents are not to be trusted. Parents don't have the right to know. The trusted counsellor. 
Yeah, really, because counsellors have never done any abuse. The trusted counsellor. Just wow. And then this other fascinating thing. On this, this is if you're concerned about abuse, and the ABC, if you're concerned about abuse, why, why did you keep so quiet about Tavistock? A Dutch investigative report has revealed that the 2006 study upon which the entire medical experiment of child sex changes is based was funded, guess what, by a maker of puberty blockers. It is absolutely incredible. It was funded by Faring Pharmaceuticals, the company that markets the drug triptyrline as a puberty blocker. But the whole scientific underpinnings of that study have been, to put it mildly, incredibly shaky. Now that's extraordinary. Transgender Trend in 2018 pointed this out. And they published a a post along those lines saying that the Amsterdam Clinic was financially supported in its experimental project to block puberty in gender dysphoric adolescents by a pharmaceutical company which stood to make commercial gains. Follow the money and see what happens. Okay, um, we're going to say a little bit about US politics, so it's time for Leonard. It's coming from the sorrow in the street The holy places where the races meet From the homicidal bitchin' that goes down in every kitchen To determine who will serve and who will eat from the wells of disappointment Where the women kneel to pray For the grace of God in the desert here In the desert far away Democracy is coming To the USA Wonderful song, go and listen to Leonard Cohen's Democracy um, Remember when President Biden not President Biden, ex-President Trump was found to have had classified documents and this was outrage. Remember that? Headline on the BBC, headline on the ABC, headline in the Sydney Morning Herald. Have you seen the headlines this week? No? Oh, maybe you missed them. Because President Biden's age have found two sets of classified documents in President Biden's um, property. Now that again is quite extraordinary. Highly sensitive materials. I, I, I'm, I do that in a sense just to illustrate the hypocrisy of what goes on here and the one-sidedness of the media and what's being reported. Anyway, recognize this. That's the theme from Superman by John Williams. Well, it made me think of it because a newly elected Democrat congressman from California, uh, Robert Garcia, has chosen to be sworn in as a congressman, not on a copy of the Bible, but on a copy of a Superman comic. He's doing this because he is gay and because in 2021, Uh, Marvel Comics announced that they would run a new Superman series, Superman, Son of Kal-El, featuring John Kent, Son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, 
and they depict him embracing leftist causes, including climate activism, wearing a mask to fight the spread of COVID-19, and coming out as bisexual, starting a friend, uh, a relationship with his friend, Jay Nakamura. And, well, last October, Superman, son of Kal-El, was cancelled due to poor sales. That's what happens. Go woke, as they say, go broke, unless you're funded by government. Then some uh, climate change news, fascinating to, from India Times, thanks to the person who sent me this, that the power ministry there has directed generation companies to import coal for blending up to 6% of the requirement. In other words, to increase their supply of coal. Also, this from uh, oil. Between 2002 and 2019, total world demand rose by 19.5 million barrels per day, from 78.3 million to 97.7 million. The average annual increase from 2009 to 2019 was over 1 million barrels per day per year. It's the fastest absolute growth in the use of oil ever. You know, we've been told this is all stopping, this is all coming. No, it's not. All that's happening in Western countries like Australia and the US and the UK, we're shifting to wind power or whatever, but we're shifting our manufacturing to the countries that still use fossil fuels. And as many fossil fuels, more fossil fuels are being used now than ever before. I found this as well. Britain's wind turbines have ground to a near halt as Western Europe faces the latest in a series of wind droughts that experts fear will become increasingly frequent. In a week uh, in December, wind generated just 3.4% of UK electricity on the Monday. And they are anticipating by 2050 that the average wind speed will drop by 2 to 3%. The UK is taking a big bet on wind. But what if the wind doesn't blow? Okay, this just gives me an excuse to play this. Uh, this is uh, Sheen Egg uh, with a beautiful song. I love this song, Windmills of Your Mind. Like a tunnel that you follow To a tunnel of its own Down a hollow to a cavern Where the sun has never shone Like a door that keeps revolving In a half-forgotten dream Or the ripples from a pebble Someone tosses in a stream like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face and the world is like an apple whirling silently in space like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind keys that jingle in your pocket words that jangle in your head why did summer go so quickly was it something that you said? Lovers walk along the shore Leave their footprints in the sand It's the sound of a distant drumming Just the fingers of your hand Pictures hanging in a hallway And the fragment of a song Have remembered names and faces But to whom do they belong? When you knew that it was over You were suddenly aware That the autumn leaves were turning To the color of his hair 
the song itself is great. Um, the the jazz, I love the jazz version of it. Beautiful. Uh, better news: King Hezekiah, uh, University of Haifa professor of biblical studies and ancient history, says he's got one of the most important archaeological discoveries in Israel of all time, and it is a collection from around 726, 709 BC, actually, uh, which talk about Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, making a pool, and so on, as the Bible describes it. Um, these manuscripts are, going, are, are the oldest versions of biblical evidence that we have. They were discovered near the old city of Jerusalem in 1979, and believed to be the older surviving texts of the Bible. Just wow. And uh, a little bit of church news, this from Nigeria. You are welcome to the Experience 17. Who's ready to praise their way to a brand new day? Jesus, the exceptional one! I was going to mention this before, but that was in December. Uh, Tim Hughes uh, wrote an article about leading a an event in or singing at an event in Lagos, Nigeria, where more than half a million people gathered to worship and pray throughout the night at this thing called the Experience. I was up in uh, the Blue Mountains at Katumba. It wasn't half a million, but it was several thousand, um, mainly Sydney Anglicans at the Church Missionary Society conference. It too. I mean, it was it was very encouraging. And, you know, in all the stuff that's going on in this world, God is building his church. And the answer to all these difficulties and problems that we face is in the Lord building his church. So I'm going to love you and leave you. Uh, thanks again to those of you who've been in contact. Please continue to do so. Thanks to those of you who support the this podcast. I know it's the time of year when people reconsider and if you can support us, that would be great. Just go to the Podbean fundraiser. Um, thanks to Peter for producing this. And uh, thanks to Andrew who sent me in um, this. I, I actually, I love this. This is a, a Norwegian heavy metal or a Norwegian metal band who are Christian. They're called Hydra. And Hydra apparently means, uh, it's a Norwegian word, the old Norwegian word meaning to honour or to praise. And this is a song called Tilos Kom, Saviour of the Nations, or, or sorry, Folk, Folke Flisar. I apologise to any Norwegian listeners. Tilos Kom, Saviour of the Nations Come. Um, and it's uh, basically not by human flesh and blood, by the Spirit of our God was the Word of God made flesh, woman's offspring, pure and fresh. From the Father's throne he came and descended to the same, captive leading death and hell, high the song of triumph swell. Do you know this? It may not be your taste in music, but it's certainly my taste in theology. It's my taste in music as well, actually. Uh, thanks to Andrew for sending that in, and the rest of you, please feel free to send us in. So we've gone with uh, so many different things, but we're finishing up with Sir Norwegian metal praise. God bless you, and see you next week. <laughs>